there are a lot of reasons to use a ghostwriter and definitely time is, is a big one. It's just a huge time saver. Um, but the process of writing a book is meant to be collaborative. It is meant to be, you know, take this person's vision and make it as applicable, consumable, and um, entertaining. You are listening to episode 19 of Tried and True with Caroline. On today's show, I'm talking with Pollyanna Brown. She is a ghostwriter as well as a premium publicity specialist. On the show today, we talk lots about what it's like to be a ghostwriter, some tips on how you can improve your writing, as well as what it takes to get yourself out there and build your own basically social media platform as you are thinking about what type of book you want to put out into the world. So if you've ever been curious about what it's like to be a ghostwriter or how the process works, I think you're really going to enjoy this episode. Let's get started. This is Tried and True, a place to chat about how aligning your daily wellness routine, mindset, and self-care contribute to building meaningful businesses and relationships while curating an empowering and fulfilled life. Being an entrepreneur isn't easy, and learning to balance all of the things is another story, but totally worth it. Through these podcasts, my goal is to bring creative conversations to the table that empower, enlighten, and elevate your workspace wherever you are listening. If you are looking for a place that's going to support that big dream of yours, replace your doubt with, you gotta do this thing, know that progress is better than perfection, and momentum is magic, you're in the right place. And you know that thing you keep looking for that you believe is going to change everything? I've got news for you. If you're still looking for it, I have your answer. Go and look in the mirror. You are the answer. I believe that the messages we hear are never a coincidence. And when the student is ready, the teacher appears. By listening to these conversations with experts, thought leaders, and fellow entrepreneurs, and more, you are opening the channels of expansion and allowing new sources of inspiration to ripple across your brainwaves, reminding you to come home to your already amazing self. Learn from the past, be wildly curious in the now, and blaze a new trail to the future. If this sounds like your sort of conversation, I've got a seat reserved just for you. Welcome and thank you for joining me. I'm your host, Caroline, and let's get this show started. All right, so welcome everyone to today's episode. On my show today, I am fortunate to have Pollyanna Brown, who is an expert book ghostwriter and premium publicity specialist. Cannot wait to dive into all of the, I don't know, I want to say spooky and spectacular details because of the ghost, and I know it has nothing to do with that, but it just sounded really cute. Pollyanna, welcome to the show. Excited you're here, and let's get started. That sounds great. Thank you so much for having me. Awesome. So I guess let's start with how you came to this process of wanting to be a ghostwriter. 
Absolutely. So it was kind of divine intervention for me. (laughs) And it wasn't a track that I ever planned on. Um, Mm -hmm. I've been a performer my whole life. And so storytelling was always a big piece of of me and, and who I am and how I operate. And at 25 years old, I decided I'm going to retire from performing, but I had this deep, deep desire to write. And I just have always believed that stories are like the path in order to make a profound impact in the world. You can change people's hearts. You can change their minds. You can change the way that they see the world Mm -hmm. all within the frame of a story. Right. And it just had this immense amount of emotional intelligence and empathy to it that I really, really loved. And so I started going that way. And as I was getting my master's degree, um, one of my professors suggested that I started writing articles. And so I started pitching magazines and I became a journalist and she meant academic journals. And that was a wonderful mess up that changed the whole trajectory of my life. (laughs) And then I got into screenwriting Mm. because I wanted to take my books and turn them into screenplays. And I wanted to do it with the utmost integrity to be the one making those creative choices and not selling the rights, but being intimately involved throughout the entire process. And so um, I got another master's in creative writing with a focus in screenwriting. And so eventually I came to business and I was like, I'm going to teach business owners how to tell their story. Long story short, that developed into me ghostwriting articles for my clients for publicity purposes, because Mm -hmm. I had been a journalist already for so long. And I had that experience. And then two things happened. The first one was one of my clients had um, literary agents coming to them saying, your articles are really good. We want you to write a book. And so they came to me and they went, Polly, we need to write a book. (laughs) And back then I wasn't ready. I was like, maybe, maybe we will talk about it. (laughs) And then I put it off forever because to me that sounded really scary and intense and like a lot. And um, I I knew the process of putting a book together and and what that would entail and, and all of those things. And then one day about maybe a year and a half, two years later, I'm meditating. I had just put out an offer and I hear very loud and clear in that space of peace and silence, you need to put out a ghostwriting offer. And so my relationship with my higher power, infinite intelligence, whatever you want to call it, Mm -hmm. is is very direct and, and blunt. And so I went, no, 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 I just put out an offer. You know how this game goes. I cannot put another offer out today. not it was very loud and clear it was bitch get your ass on the computer and put out the offer okay all right all right I will do it and it just went from there and so I brought on my first clients and it was a very clear like how to do it differently how to do it in a way that For me, I have always viewed books and stories as these epic legacies and and really important pieces that make a massive difference in the lives of others. So I I wanted a container that really honored that. And so I created it, put it out into the world, and here we are. (laughs) So 
you have two masters in writing. Yes. So I've got a master's in psychology. I've got a master's in uh, creative writing with a focus in screenwriting. And I was actually in the middle of completing a third with a focus in novel writing, but I decided to go full in my business instead of completing the third. So yeah, it's, it's been a journey. <laughs> That's amazing. Now, is there a certain type of ghost writing that you specialize in? So if someone comes to you and says, I mean, do you, do people ask to write like a fictional novel as a ghostwriter or is it mainly people. just a, a memoir or a life story or project or whatever it is that they were working on? So the vast majority of people who come to me are looking for a mix of memoir and self-help. Mm. They really want to take their story, make it impactful for other people and help them change their lives. Mm. And it usually goes into the trajectory of going into their business. Um, so that is the, the bulk of it. I have had people approach me about fiction and fiction is also something we can do. And funnily enough, um, I found out that a lot of R.L. Stein's Goosebumps series was ghostwritten, which was wow. shocking. Right. And there's, wow. there are so many books that you would never know are ghostwritten. Um, and it's because of the interplay of the collaboration that happens that mm. makes that able to, to be a thing. Um, but yeah, it's predominantly the self-help meets memoir with a little bit of other things. So it's really cool. Wow. And how long does the process take like from start to finish approximately? I would say it's unique to each person. I know that there are ghostwriters out there who get it done in 30, 60, 90 days. However, wow. I th personally think mm -hmm. that for if I were to do that and follow that model, it would be irresponsible of me. Mm -hmm. So I take about a year and we do it differently because we focus on traditional publishing instead of self-publishing. Mm -hmm. And self-publishing is great and they do have a model for it. But I prefer to go the traditional publishing route because we're focusing on legacy pieces mm -hmm. and we're focusing on things that really do make a massive difference in the world. And so there's a big difference in the opportunities that are available to you if you traditionally publish versus self-publishing. Mm -hmm. And so those are very different tracks. So I focus way more on making sure that the story arc is complete, making sure that we've done the proper amount of edits. On, on average, I'm doing about 20 rounds of edits per book and really making sure that it's digestible for the reader, that it's impactful and that it's entertaining. So that way you have a reader sitting there going, oh my gosh, and they can't put it down. It's just, it becomes like a voracious read. Mm -hmm. And that is way more important to me than getting it done in 90 days, for sure. Right. And I would say so. I mean, even just, you know, writing a chapter, you know, like I briefly spoke about, you know, you go through that and you, you edit that a couple of times and then you, you know, they send it off to their editor and then you get it back and then there's still tweaks to it. But I feel like you could, you could spend a lot of time in editing because you start to, as you pare things down, then you begin to, you begin to see a much more clear picture of what it is that you're trying to say. And then that sometimes opens up things to 
branch off of that specific topic. So I can definitely see where you really need to be creative in just being able to have this vision of start to finish of where you are going, which leads me to my next question. Do you start from where you want your readers to end up and move back and then move, you know, retrace your steps? Or do you believe in starting from the front to go to the back? So I do it more like, it's going to sound weird. (laughs) So I view it very much so like how I imagine like God or infinite intelligence to view the world, Mm -hmm. Um, which is I view it holistically first. Mm -hmm. And so what happens is, you know, my clients come in and we do an info dump and I get everything out of them that I can. And that way I'm looking at, you know, instead of looking frame by frame by frame, I'm looking at the whole movie all at once. Mm -hmm. And I'm going, how does this go together? How is this the most compelling way to tell the story? Mm -hmm. So I will be moving pieces around. And most often my favorite thing is to not tell it chronologically and to have them interspersed. And when you have it that way, it's a lot more engaging and interesting Mm -hmm. because there's so many questions and there's a bit of mystery to it, which is just fine. Um, So I work that way first. And then once I have it that way, then usually how I, how I do it is we do the book proposal for a nonfiction book and agents and publishers usually don't want the whole manuscript ready to go when you have a book proposal. So I will cherry pick the chapters that are best suited after we have that whole outline that's completely fleshed out, very clear, all of that. And then I'll cherry pick the sample chapters to go in there. And then once we have that off, then we get to writing. And I do like going front to back um, once we have all of that solid, but a lot of the, the weaving and the, you know, planning is already done at that point. Mm. Okay. When you're looking at certain like self-help stories and different things that people go through and you go through the traditional publishing houses and I, and, and I'm only saying this because I have seen both, like the, the book that I was in was published indie style. And then I've also done a lot of reading up on like the the traditional publishing houses. Is there a lot that they'll want to edit out because it doesn't fit their, I guess, publishing house style, or it's not in alignment with their, the people who are under their umbrella of, I don't know, I guess, maybe celebrity kind of um, figures, if you will. You know, like this Brene Brown is under, you know, HarperCollins or Random House or whatever it is. I mean, they have specific parameters to who they endorse, what type of materials they endorse, that kind of thing. Does it really start to edit out the person's stories based on the house that they are publishing through? So the way that that works is they're going to look at the book proposal and say, does this fit where we want to go? If it doesn't, they're just going to say no, Mm. but if it's a fantastic book and it's a fantastic fit for Mm. what they want to publish, what they're looking to publish, then they're going to edit that book as it needs to, for that book to be its best book. And it is in their best interest for it to be the best book that it can be so that it's a commercial success. Mm. And 
literary success is much less of a concern these days than commercial success. Um, you can have both. And I, I like being on the side of both, but Correct. you lean commercially because that's where the impact is. It's not mm-hmm. just about the money. Like, yes, the money's there, but that's really where you're changing lives is when you can reach more readers that's the key. And so they're going to look at it from the standpoint of how do we make this the most engaging? How do we get people talking about it? How do we get them to read cover to cover in as close to one sitting as we can so that they are going to write a review? They're going to talk about it. They're going to tell all their friends about it. That's how the publishing houses are thinking. And that also kind of speaks to um, they want you to win. They're not looking to be like, what manuscript can I shove off today? Who can I tell no today? Right. They are looking for their next best success. And so Mm -hmm. they want that to be a collaborative effort with their authors because they also want a lifetime relationship Mm -hmm. with their authors. The, the traditional publishing route, this is something that I love about it is it's much more of a family oriented kind of mindset. They want to get you and keep you and turn you into as close of a superstar as they can with everything that you publish together. And so it's a, it's a different way than people usually talk about it, but that's really how I see it. Okay. So do they know you as a ghostwriter? Like if you submit, let's say I want to write a book and you're going to be my ghostwriter, right? Do you write the book? And you're saying, okay, they know you're the ghostwriter or they assume that it's me that's writing. So that really just depends on the conversations you have. Okay. And usually there's an agent middleman. Okay. Right. Um, but most people in this space use ghostwriters. It is not uncommon. It is. And, and it's very public now. Prince Harry just hired a ghostwriter for his book and the ghostwriter signed a million dollar contract and it was very public. So it's not unheard of. It's not hush hush. It's not dirty. It's not anything. That mm-hmm. is your collaborator who is freeing up your time mm-hmm. so that you can market and do the other things that you need to do while also being the person who can elevate your work in the best way possible so that it can be the best possible book. No one's going to be upset about that. <laughs> right. Right. And that's true. I think when people really see what detail goes into writing a book, it's a lot of work. And it's definitely, you know, if it's something that you're passionate about an experience or something that you want to put out into the world, I was just talking about this the other day on another podcast. It's like, you have to pick and choose what your, where you want your time to go and, and how much of a impact or how well you want this done because we can put something out there and it might not be the best in the world and for some things yes practice is better than perfection just keep doing the thing but on some things like if you're trying to be on the New York Times bestseller or you're trying to get your book out there published through a traditional publishing house i think that and you're not comfortable with doing all of it yourself I think that a ghostwriter now in this time and age is really not a bad idea because you know all the ins and outs much more than I do. And if that's where I want to go and you have the money to spend on it, mm-hmm. I think that it's I think it's worth it because it cuts to the chase 
a lot sooner and you know all the ins and outs to getting me from point A to point B. Absolutely. And another important piece of that, that you don't know until you're in it is if you're writing, let's say, you know, the mix of self-help plus memoir, and you're talking about something that was really hard for you to go through in writing a book, you're reliving it. Mm-hmm. And, and there's no choice. You have to, because you have to get the right details in. You have to get those bodily sensations in. You have to allow the reader into that experience with you. Mm-hmm. So you have to go through it. And what I've seen a lot of writers do is most of their time is spent avoiding their book, crying over their book, or trying to get through the book. And it is an extraordinarily painful process. And what I get to do is I get to come in and hold their hand and say, I'm going to do the hard part. You just have to let me in Mm. and you just have to let me in for a minute. That's it. But when you're writing it yourself, you're talking months on end of reliving rehashing because every edit that you have to go into, you have to go right back into it. And it is a visceral Mm -hmm. experience. So it's, there are a lot of reasons to use a ghostwriter and definitely time is, is a big one. It's just a huge time saver. Um, but the process of writing a book is meant to be collaborative. It is meant to be, you know, take this person's vision and make it as applicable, consumable and um, entertaining and and the way that I see it is you want to get on someone's shelf that not only have they read it, they've read it multiple times and now they buy it for all their friends. Mm -hmm. And that happens to that collaboration process because no one has all of those perspectives to put into one thing. You are the genius and that centered piece that is the pillar and the vision of the book. Mm -hmm. And without you, it wouldn't exist everyone else is there to support you and elevate it to what it's meant to be, to fulfill that vision that you have. Mm -hmm. And it's so beautiful when you allow that collaboration to happen. And that's something I think that we're starting to, that people are, are allowing themselves to see more now because things have just changed. And I think the paradigm is shifting where people are willing to want to collaborate. You know, yes, I I still think there's people in the, in the me, 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 look at me. I did this all by myself thing, but more and more, I believe that people are now allowing that collaboration space to take place. And you know, before speaking with you about the whole ghostwriting thing, like I've always said, you know, I'm going to write my book Mm -hmm. and I want to do it by myself because it's my story. Like how could someone else possibly understand my words and be able to convey my message and all of the things, but definitely after speaking with you, I, I see the process much more clearly and not that I have a million dollars to you know, like <laughs> Harry for his, you know, ghostwriting book. But I definitely think that when that time comes, I think I want to be able to do it in the most efficient way, as well as I want it out there. I want it to be on someone's shelf and that they buy it for all of their friends and they use it conditionally and often as a, as a tool for themselves, a teaching tool, a, an emotional place where they can go back to for lessons and reminders and 
hope and all of the things, but it's nice to see that that space is starting to open up. Absolutely. And one of the things that I think is the most profound in this experience is I was working with a client and she said to me, she's like, I wouldn't have thought to describe it that way because I lived it. And so when I talk about it, mm-hmm. I talk about it as if everyone already knows. Mm-hmm. So in working together in that collaboration, it made it very clear that we're introducing someone to someone else mm-hmm. and that we're telling the story to someone who's never heard it before. Mm-hmm. And even that one simple perspective shift radically changes how it comes together and how someone can take that and feel it and be part of it. And I I like to explain it as, have you ever spoken to that person who is talking to you and they're talking to you about someone else in their life that you've never met, but they're talking to you as if you should know who that person is. Right. That is how we tend to write. (laughs) Mm. Okay. Okay. And so it's easy to kind of get lost in it. But Mm -hmm. when you have someone who is that objective third-party person, Mm -hmm. but is emotionally involved with you, who genuinely cares, who wants this to be the best that it can be, then what happens in that very interesting process is they can put that perspective in so that it makes it easier to understand and read and just kind of implement in a way that takes that awkward bit out Mm -hmm. and it makes it very seamless. Mm. And, you know, I also think that when we, because of like all the, all the experiences that we've had in our life thus far, we tend to maybe normalize them. So when it comes to you, you know, me saying, oh yeah, I climbed to the top of the empire state building on a, whatever, a rope with a group of people. And I'm like, yeah, I did that last year. Not a big deal. And then you're sitting there and you're like, you did what? Right. So I think we, we tend to normalize our own things that we've done in our life and other people look at them completely different than we do because we've already been through it. We've internalized it. We've already just kind of either downplayed it sometimes, or we've over, um, complicated the situation, but to have someone be able to go in and say, okay, let's look at this from this angle, instead of looking at it the way you've been looking at it, because this perspective gives it a lot more vibrancy and life or whatever. So it's always that other person or maybe multiple people that are looking at the story just from a different angle. And we underestimate that because We want to take the ownership and again, say, how can someone else be able to look at our words and our life through the same lens that we do? But that's where all of your thorough questioning and kind of brain dump comes in. And we're able to, you know, bridge that gap of this is my life and this is what I want to hopefully get out of that. So are there some stories that you're just like, I don't know that I can... that I can even convey this message? Like, have you ever had to turn anybody away from just like, this is too difficult for me? I've turned people away where, oh, I can't believe I'm saying this publicly, um, where I didn't believe in the story. If if I can't see it as a New York Times bestseller, I'm not Mm going to waste your time. Mm. 
And so I've definitely had those situations. I have not had a situation where someone says, here's my story, you know, and I go, oh, I don't understand how to write that. For me, Mm -hmm. it's much more about if you're going to work with me and I'm going to give you my everything. And, and I do it's blood, sweat, tears, the whole nine yards. And Mm -hmm. if I'm going to do that, then I have to believe in it. I have to believe that it's necessary. And I believe that my authors deserve that from me. If I'm not all in, then Mm -hmm. it's kind of like dating someone that you're like, yeah, you're kind of cute, but you know, Mm -hmm. and just waiting for, I'm not, I'm not going to do that. Mm -hmm. For me, I only bring projects on that I'm obsessed with that Mm -hmm. I want to spend my days working on and figuring out and all of that. And that is so exciting to me. Mm -hmm. And so often my authors are like, you're just as excited about this as I am. I'm like, I know. (laughs) And so that's really fun. And I want that energy with my people. I want it to be something that everyone's looking forward to that when we get together, we know something magical is going to happen and something unbelievable is going to come together in just the right way. And that for me is the greatest joy because there is so much work that goes into it mm. that if I don't have that type of aliveness, right, then it's not going to work. Wow. That's, that, that is really interesting that some people... I don't know. I mean, I guess, I guess there's going to be people that, that test the limits and they Mm -hmm. see, they, they think that maybe this story that they fabricate, and I don't know, maybe people aren't fabricating, but you know, there's always going to be people that try to push the envelope and try to be like, okay, if I can just fabricate this, because maybe it was like five or six years ago where that lady had written a book. It was like this crazy story. And she had been on like all of these interviews and she just really like stuck through the whole, this is all real. And then it all ended up being like a complete fabrication. And she was on some, I forget who this was, but she was on some really big talk shows And it all ended up being a lie. And I think that, you know, that's just for someone to go to that extreme to do something like that is just, it's sad because there were probably great parts to her, her being her, not having to fabricate this whole thing to get this, you know, all of this attention. And um, yeah, so, but that's, that's cool that you, you're able to really keep your, your values and morals in check and be like, look, you know, if this doesn't internally like measure on the gut register of this sounds like it's not kosher, like something is wrong with the story that you're able to say, okay, no, I'm not going to do that because some people won't do that. You know, they'll take it however it comes. Oh no, 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 no. I have very limited spots to work with people. And Mm -hmm. because we go the traditional publishing route, I stay on from concept through published. Mm. And so it's not, you know, a lot of people will work in that 90 day turnaround. Here's your book. I'm done. I don't work that way. Mm. And I like to build the relationship where it's, we're writing all the books together and we're making it, you know, very similar to that, like family values type idea where if it's working, why would we do it any other way? And so I much prefer working with a smaller pool of people that I believe in 
as if it were my own, that I can stand behind and fight for them and champion what they're doing and go to bat for them in ways that they may not have had before. Mm -hmm. So many people come to me and they don't have a support system. And it's so important that I can stand behind them and say, yes, I can be that for you. And if I can't, then, I mean, I may not always say, I think your book idea sucks and I'm not going to do it. No, no, we're, we're not mean people, but I think it's really important to know one, what's in my wheelhouse and two, what do I truly deeply stand behind? Mm -hmm. And so if someone came to me with something that completely compromised my values, but I could see would be a great commercial success, that's not a fit for me. Mm -hmm. And it's so important to just know, like this work is not, it's not transactional. Mm -hmm. It is not, um, I'm not baking cakes and sending them out. Right. I am creating legacy pieces that are going to be in print for hundreds, if not thousands of years at this point, it better be on point. Mm -hmm. And that's something I just take very seriously. It's very sacred work for me. Mm. Yeah, I can see that. How many people can you actually take on in a year to write for? So in a year, it, it really depends. It depends on the types of books. Mm -hmm. So for example, I have one that's really research heavy, um, but it's so worth it. And it makes a lot of sense. And so that one is taking us a lot longer because Mm -hmm. there's so much in it that we have to sort and then make readable, (laughs) right? Exactly, (laughs) which is its own process. (laughs) But on average, I can take five to six a year and do that. And that's totally fine. Um, if it were these longer books, um, then that would be closer to like three to four a year. Wow. Yeah. And then, so your other part, okay. So we have the ghostwriting part and then we also have the publicity specialist part. Does that also tie into the book thing or is this the publicity specialist separate to the book publishing? So we do it both ways. Okay. Um, we do have people come to us just for publicity. And then we do have people who come to us for the mix. And the cool part about the mix is we get to build the platform while we're writing the book. Mm. And I feel like it's much more beneficial to go to an agent and a publisher and let them know, not only have we gotten this amount of publicity, but we're still working on it. And here's the plan. Mm. Because one of the weakest parts of any book proposal across the board is the marketing plan, Mm. because most people just kind of want the publisher to do it. Right. And that is changing a lot. Now book publishers really understand the power of a partner and they don't want to own the author in the way that it used to be, where they really did all the heavy lifting and the author just kind of showed up. They want a partner who's willing to champion their own book, who's willing to go out there and hustle and and do the things. And they will also support. So it becomes more of a a team effort. 
Um, so having that part of the book proposal really fleshed out is so important. And so when people come to us for both, not only do we map out the entire strategy for the book funnel, so the marketing piece is done, but then we also have those publicity pieces that are super strategic and honed in, in order to promote the book and to get the, um, the agents and the publishers interested in taking the book on. Would you say that if someone was looking to write their book, whether it's with a ghostwriter or not, and they are trying to do like the traditional publisher house deal, do you think that it makes sense that they start making sure that their social following is somewhat in alignment with the book that they are wanting to birth into the world so that the publisher can see that there's actually a calling for this book and also a large group of people that are waiting and willing to want to read the book. 100%. Whenever you can build your following that way, and you know that a book is part of your trajectory, build readers from the beginning. And it's really, really important because the market in and of itself is growing in such a fast way. On average, I think the last time I looked at the statistics, the average millennial spends $300 a month on self-development. Wow. Right. And that's the average. That's not even people in hyper aware or hyper performance states where they are spending thousands upon thousands of dollars every month on these things. So just the average millennial is spending $300 a month on this stuff. So the market is there. And in understanding that market, how do you tap into it? How do you reach out to them? How do you stake your claim? And so publicity is a great way to do that because, I, and I focus on contributorship-based publicity. Um, we do other things as well, but that's really the, the main thing. And what that means is we are writing articles for clients and getting them published in the right outlets where that spending questioning hungry client is that's where we're going because mm -hmm. that way their social following their email list um, is built on that audience and that audience is familiar with them. So it generates mm -hmm. that demand and the publisher, even seeing you in those right outlets is going to know they know what they're doing. Mm -hmm. They've got a following, they've got interest and it creates a different type of dialogue. Right. So a lot of people want to be seen, right? So we have TikTok, we have Instagram, we have Facebook, we have stories and reels and you name it, we could go on and on, right? YouTube. And then you have people who post articles on Medium and Elephant Journal and all the spaces, right? Is it easier to be seen or is it easier to be not heard? Because you're not really, I guess on a podcast you're heard, but like when people see you in print, and there's no, there's no one talking about it. They're not seeing your picture. They're not, which one do you think carries more weight? Hands down the written articles. Really? It, absolutely. Absolutely. Huh. And okay. I'll tell you why. Okay. So, okay. Tell me, because the... I, I, I'm not a TikToker <laughs> yet and I don't really care to be a TikToker, but you know, that seems to be like the craze. Keep talking. I will absolutely say I love TikTok hands down. But when it comes to publicity and the different types that you can get, 
My favorite is contributorship for a few reasons. One, you are getting hyper-targeted leads. That's the first thing. The second thing is you are the one building authority with them because you're the one writing it. You're not being interviewed. You're not being featured. You are the writer. So everything that you share with them holds more weight because you've been the person who's been verified by the outlet. So that's huge. And um, if you're in the right spaces, then you're answering their questions and they're a hungry audience. It's not an audience who's just passing by, right? Like we wouldn't put necessarily a business article in Cosmo. It doesn't make sense. It's not what they're there for. Mm -hmm. So we want to put it in the right places. And when you do that, it's also SEO driven, which means you're going to rank in Google. And if you've ever noticed, if you Google something like how to start a business, you'll get about five to 10 different articles from Forbes and entrepreneur and fast company and all these things, even back from 2014. Right. And you'll click them open and read them and go, Oh, okay. Mm -hmm. And you have people reaching out to you through time, which Mm -hmm. is very cool. I had um, a couple of articles that I posted in this really small niche outlet. Like no one would know it by name, but it was hyper-targeted to writers. And I wanted Mm -hmm. to help writers at the time. And within those two articles, I've had over 40 leads hit my inbox. And it's because it was the right space at the right time. And so it was such an interesting thing to realize that that's how you can do it. And the other Mm -hmm. thing is you can also get paid by those outlets for your articles. So Mm -hmm. very often I'm getting paid for that. I just um, sold an article to insider that I'm sending in this week. And so it's kind of cool that you get paid on the front end for those articles and you get the leads on the back end. So as long as it's strategic, Mm -hmm. hands down, you're going to amass that library over time. Mm -hmm. So whereas with other forms of publicity, you get that attention right then. Right. But then it typically dies. It doesn't like it may live on the Internet. Right but it doesn't necessarily have life on the internet, Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. whereas articles do. And I also think that to some degree, I like physical books in my hand. I like physical magazines in my hand. I'm a paper person. And I know that that's not great for the environment, but there's something about reading an article and just, there's no person on the video reading it. There's no, it's me comprehending because then I can go back and I can print it or I can highlight it. And I can put it in my folder or file or whatever to reference back to. So there is that version of me that is that kind of person that enjoys reading articles. So, but I think in, in today's day and age, it it can be a fight for people unless they hear it from you, who's got lots of experience in the background, they would say, people need to see your face. They need to hear your voice. They need to, but like you said, that only goes so far and it only lives so long. Whereas the words that you have written are generated through you and your ability to express that knowledge that you've learned in that particular area of expertise, that is what people are hungry for. Yes. And the interesting part is it's not all or nothing. So Mm -hmm. I love TikTok. I'm on TikTok and I'm on there almost every day. 
And it's a great way for my audience to get to know me and hear my voice and see my personality and just see if they jive with me as a general vibe. And that's a beautiful thing. And so I like to think of it of it as it's both and. Mm -hmm. Um, If publicity wise, you want to do the best and you want to get the best results possible, that is leveraged articles for sure. Mm. Um, But your social media following is like bringing them into your world where they can see you Mm. and they can hear you. And it's just two different ends of a very similar spectrum coming together to create the best experience possible. Mm. So in the beginning, we talked about your screenwriting and your, you know, your, is that still something that you have a passion for, even though you're, you're writing now, but do you think someday you're going to go back to that medium and really push it out into, into the world? I do. I do. I have a couple clients who they, their books are perfect for movies Mm. and I can see it very clearly. So I would love to be one of the screenwriters on there. And at some point I'm going to be publishing my own fiction and turning that into film. And um, TV is really like my whole heart. (laughs) I love TV. I'm obsessed with it. And I feel like it's such a great way to get so much change out into the world. Mm -hmm. Um, I I was raised on Buffy the Vampire Slayer. And oh my God, still, I'm currently in a rewatch. (laughs) Wow. I used to watch that show too. And we were in love with it. Oh my gosh. What was the guy's name? Her love interest? Angel. Oh, Angel. Yes. Mm. I agree. (laughs) That's all I'm going to (laughs) say. And it's so funny because these characters become part of our families Mm -hmm. in our, in our hearts. And they teach us so much about ourselves Mm -hmm. and about the world and what we want in our world and how we want to see our world and what we want to change. And for me, bringing those universes to life Mm -hmm. is in not, it's not just a gift. It's an honor. Right. And so eventually, yes, I'm going to get back to it. And in the meantime, I get to do that for my people. And Mm. I say all the time, I am so lucky. I am so blessed. And my life came together in a way that I am uniquely qualified to do all of it. Mm -hmm. And that is so amazing, especially, you know, I know so many of your listeners have had hard experiences and Mm -hmm. trying times and moments where they go, I don't know if I'm going to live through this, but the amazing part is that when you do, you get to that point where it does come together and you go, Oh my God, I'm grateful. Which if you would have told me that earlier in my life, I'd have been no way, no way. I'm never going to be grateful for this. And life comes together to give you the skills that you need to be that ultimate vision and version of yourself for Mm -hmm. you, not for Mm -hmm. anyone else. The world gets to benefit from your utmost best self for you. Mm -hmm. And I get to help people share that. And it's, it's a very cool thing. Yeah. I mean, it is, it it is such a, it is a beautiful process. And, you know, no matter how many self-help books out there and memoirs and stories and experiences of people's lives, like it never gets old. And that's, that's the really 
great part about it because I guess you could tell a million vampire stories and they would still be probably good no matter how you told them because we love a good vampire, but it's amazing that we can do and live through these things and, and still want to share, you know, because our little message, whatever it may be, it still is impactful and empowering to be able to say, I lived through this and whatever strength that I gathered from this and I made it through, you might be going through something similar. And these are the things that I use to get through this. Potentially they can help you may not be the same experience as me, but we might be on the same floor crying about it and going through it. But this is what I did to get out. And maybe this will help you. And it's just being willing to want to share that and believe that your experience can actually help change someone else's life. Oh my gosh. Yes. And for anyone who's listening, who's going, who wants to hear my story? You know, so I'm not unique. I'm not special. That's the point. That's totally the point. The point is the connection. It's not about the uniqueness of the story. And yeah, sure. A unique story is cool. But the point is that you have something that can change the trajectory of someone else's life. Mm -hmm. And just as a quick example, I remember when I was going through my divorce, I had never realized how painful divorce was. I knew it had to be, but I had no concept of what Mm -hmm. that would be like. And so as I was going through it, I was reading stories from other women from around the world who were going through similar things and in reading their stories and hearing the same narrative that I was experiencing and then hearing that there was another side when I couldn't fathom another side. Right. It was like, so you're telling me this pain that I'm pretty sure is going to kill me any day now, any moment, any second that it does go away and that there is something better on the other side and that there, there's a whole thing that got me through it way faster than having to army crawl through that shit show on my own. Mm -hmm. And we never know who we're talking to when we serve in this way. And you never know whose life that you're saving. Mm -hmm. And it happens so often. And one of the last things that I'll, I'll speak to about it is (laughs) When someone comes into our life to change it, it's not necessarily because we're in a six-month program or a 12-month program. The entire point of that thing is to get that one sentence that we needed, Mm -hmm. that one thing that triggers everything else, that makes everything else click, that takes it to that next level. And that's what we're in it for. Mm -hmm. So the book provides that one sentence. Mm-hmm. That can change literally millions of lives. Mm-hmm. And that is precious. Mm-hmm. Yep. It's like the missing piece. It's like you pick up that book and you've been looking for, you know, and sometimes the book is not in the place that it's supposed to be. I'm still one of those people that will go to Barnes and Noble and peruse books. And this book will be in the kids section or it'll be in the recipe section where someone has left it has nothing to do with the topic that it's on in the area that you're looking right and it's literally sitting there right in front of you you've never heard of this book in your life and it's calling you to be taken and you're like oh 
it knew that I was going to walk up at that moment. The book person didn't move it. No one else picked it up because the universe knew that that's where I was going to go. It was distracting me to go look at how to press more green juice. And instead it was like, no, Caroline, you don't need the juice. This is what you need right here. Yes. All the time. Like it, like I can't make that stuff up and that's what happens. And like you said, sometimes you might read a chapter and the chapter is okay. And then you read another one and you're like, yeah. And then you get to that one section and you're like, this is why I own this book. Yep. And it's so true. It is so true. That's what I say all the time. And my little cards. Oh my gosh. Look at See, this is why I made these cards. They're, they're, they're like, they're all kinds of like gratification. Like you pick one every day. I pick a card every day and I made these and I call them so true because I always find myself saying to myself, yep, Caroline, you pick transformation today. So true. This is what you needed today. Yep. This is it. So it's, I believe wholeheartedly that the universe brings us things, whether they are happy, whether they are tragic, whether they are, oh my gosh, I can't do this thing. It's to teach us that particular lesson, obviously, in our life and how we respond to it is the key. It's yes. one thing that it's brought to us, but how am I responding and how am I going to process it in order to make light of it? Because there's always a gift in everything that we are given. I believe it as tragic as some things are, there's always a silver lining to something. And when we do find that silver lining, it's almost like a crime if we don't share what brought us out of that and how we can help someone else because life is about helping other people. Mm -hmm. We activate each other. Mm -hmm. And that's the most beautiful thing I think for why I love books so much and same with TV is I feel like it reaches through time and space Mm -hmm. because there are these timeless messages that we have that a girl 5,000 years from now is going to be sitting somewhere going through something that can Mm -hmm. pick up these words and they're still going to resonate. Mm -hmm. The dialect may have changed, right? Right. They may have to figure some of those things out, Mm -hmm. but the message is still going to ring true. Mm-hmm. And oh my God, that is the closest thing to immortal that you can get. Right. It's human experiences. It's human. It's, it's heart related, human brain connected energetics that, yeah, that's the only way to lo- really look at it. And that's why, it, that's why it's timeless because we will continue. History repeats itself mm-hmm. and we will continue to need new you know, ways that people deal with things and so on. And so, yeah, well, I I feel like this has been so wonderful. I'm so glad that I got the opportunity to chat with you and learn more about ghostwriting and publicity and all the things and um, just learning how to really help and support people in life through words and commitment and bravery and the courage to share. Thank you so much. It was my absolute pleasure to be here. I loved this conversation. So I cannot wait for your people to get it. Oh, I can't either. I can't either. And I'm like, I'm so just, I mean, I love writing. And again, like I said, my book 
will eventually come out, but it gave me a lot to think about. It really did really opened my, my eyes to what, you know, what's out there and what is possible. And I think that's the beauty of having these conversations is discovering the possibilities and that there's a lot out there. Thank you. I appreciate your time and it's your birthday week. So happy birthday. <laughs> Thank you. I was so excited. I started referring to it as miracle week last night. There you go. And there I was like, go. yeah, I'm into that. <laughs> yeah, That's very good. I like that. I like that. So where can people reach you if they are inquiring about your ghostwriting services or publicity services? Where can they find you? Absolutely. So you can find me anywhere on social media. Typically it's at Pollyanna writes. So W R I T E S. That is my TikTok and my Instagram and my Twitter and my LinkedIn, I think. So you can get me on one of those. Okay. (laughs) Um, Got it. You know, if someone wants to reach out to me directly, Pollyanna at PollyannaBrown.com is a perfect quick email. Okay. Got it. Well, thank you so much. I hope you have a fabulous rest of your day and birthday week. I look forward to catching up with you soon to see what other new things have transpired. Thank you so much. I'm looking forward to it too. I cannot wait to talk again. No problem. Thank you for listening to today's episode. I really appreciate and value your time. If you think that someone else could use a listen to this information, please do me a favor and share. And if you want to make sure you don't miss any upcoming episodes, please hit that subscribe button. I hope you have an amazing day and I look forward to chatting with you next week. Remember, direction is everything and nothing changes if nothing changes. See you next week, friends.